Well, it's that time of your Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. Whatever day you're listening to this, my name's Matt. I'm Brian. I'm Jake. And we are putting on a what we call an Art House Rewind podcast, bringing to you all things film, art, and culture that's happening particularly in Billings, Montana, especially at the Art House Cinema and the Babcock Theater. I hope you are doing well. The weather is turning, and that means we got a lot of big stuff coming up this fall that we got to talk about. So before we jump into the topic today, Brian, what are some of the things we want to make sure that people know about that's going to be happening around Hias? Well, we've got a few things happening. Um, first, at Art House, we are opening All Quiet on the Western Front. This is a new adaptation of uh, Eric Maria Remarque's um, novel of the same name that you probably read in high school, um, but... It really looks, this really looks like a great war film, so do check that one out at Art House starting on the 21st, that is this Friday. Uh, then at Babcock on the 21st, we have Cheryl McCandless's choice um, for winning the Oscar ballot this year. She got to choose a film to play at the Babcock, and she is cashing that in with Legends of the Fall. That is what we'll be playing uh, the 21st at 7.30, so check that one out. I Brad, have not seen it. So. You haven't? No. Oh, Brad Pitt has never looked better or sadder yeah. than in this movie. That's I need I to see to some yeah. hot, sad pits. Hot, sad pit. That's <laughs> yeah. what happens in that yeah. movie. So uh, Then on the 22nd, it is the film that we look all year forward to, the Rocky Horror Picture Woo! Show. Um, yeah, always a lot Jake, of fun. you didn't make the noise. You're supposed to make the noise. You did it. Uh, yeah. Rocky Horror Picture Show, always a lot of fun. Uh, brings out a ton of people, and it's always a great time. So do check out the Rocky Horror Picture Show uh, for late night this weekend, 9 o'clock on the 22nd. And then finally, on Wednesday the 26th, we have our Nostalgia Night pick for October, and it is the 40th anniversary of Stephen King and George A. Romero's Creep Show which is a great kind of forebearer of like the anthology series sort of thing. But um, five little tales of terror that you can <laughs> enjoy um, that it's just a really great film. So do check that one out as well because it's a lot of fun. It's also kind of like, I know it's rated R, but it is kind of a softball too. If you're like new to the horror genre, this one is kind of a mixed bag of things that are scary, but not like too scary. So if you're 17 and a half, yep. not quite 18, exactly. you could handle this if you're 17 and a half. Is That's what you're right. Saying. I got it. So yeah. cool. Well, uh, said we got a lot going on. That's just in one week, people. That's we one got week. Lots of stuff coming this month uh, that we're so excited. But in honor of what truly is like one of the biggest events for us of the year, uh, the Rocky Horror Picture Show taking place this Saturday, we thought let's have a conversation uh, about cult classic films yeah. because this is you know in many lists it's at least top 10 if not number one for yeah. the number one cult classic film of all time so brian uh how are we defining a cult classic film because there's a lot of ways to kind of see yeah specifically for this conversation yeah. what are we talking even about? as you like google it like people kind of have their own definitions of what a cult film is whether I mean, there's the literal, like, something about a cult, like Midsommar, <laughs> or there's... Uh, we're not talking about that. Nope. <laughs> even though it is Halloween, we could, but we're yeah. not. Uh, then there's also just the idea of any sort of film that has a large following around it, so that could include, like, all the Marvel films, the Star Wars films, those sort of things, uh, but... 
technically the definition that most people go off of is a film that had a small box office return on its opening, but then in the years since has grown a following and has become more of a success uh, posthumously, I guess you could say. <laughs> so that is the definition we are going to so use. It was originally today. considered a failure, but yep. because more and more people seeing it and sharing it with other people, it grows yep. a cult following and also kind of turns this corner into being a success. Yes. Right? So. In honor of that, and Rocky Horror Picture Show is that. When it came out, yeah. it did not do very well and then has you know, become just, I mean, it, it's breaking records for how yeah. long it's been continuously in the theaters because yeah. people keep showing up for this event called Rocky Horror yeah. Picture Show There's all over the world. Certain theaters, we play it every year. Some theaters play it every week. Some people play it like every I think there's some places that did it every day for a while, like midnight showings. I don't know how long that lasted, but yeah. you know, definitely certain places that it is a nonstop train. <laughs> yeah. So it's a great definition of that, that it's found yeah. its audience and it's continuing to grow and more and more people are discovering it. So as we think about cult classics, uh, I thought the conversation would be fun. Uh, actually, you guys were the ones that brought it forward, <laughs> so I cannot take credit for your idea. I apologize. Uh, but you guys uh, wanted to talk about what are some of our favorite cult classic films. Yeah. And so, Jake, we're going to start with you. Are we going to do like we're gonna we'll we'll do an order. Well, let's just do top three. Okay. It doesn't have to be in order as far as like number one, right? Number two. It can just be like here are my three favorites and why, and sure. then we'll go yep. around. Um, I I looked through you know several of the different lists we talked about, um, and I think that these ones I landed on, and these ones I landed on because actually here as Art House or the Babcock we've seen this cult following and been surprised by it a little bit, to be honest. So um, I have Flash Gordon. Um, <laughs> so Flash Gordon was actually uh, an, a pick we did here at Art House. Um, and if you've been to Art House before, we have about 70 seats, and that's with some folding chairs. We had about 85 people that night. We had people that were willing to stand yeah. and watch Flash Gordon. We had yeah. no more dishes left. We had no more, you know, bowls. No. All the beers, classes. everything yeah. was just gone. Yeah. 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 And everyone had, like, Brian and I sat behind the bar and watched it, and everyone had a great time. Yeah. Like, they were laughing. And and that's it. the first time I'd seen it, yeah. and I thought it was a blast. That so awesome. um, that one is in my list, uh, The Lost Boys. So uh, I knew about this movie because my mom really likes this one. But I would say that most people are like, what is this kind I'm of thing of as far as, and yep. yeah. And uh, Billings actually picked it. So when we did a survey two years ago, Billings picked it as the movie that they wanted to see on the big screen. And so Brian and I are like, okay, yeah, we'll try that one out, sure. And people turned out, man. There are yeah. people bringing their families, their kid. Like, it was a huge turnout for us. It might have been and, the and best movie beat, of the 2020 it year. it beat out films like, Raiders of the Lost Ark and Ferris Bueller's Day Out. Like Jaws, when we put like, like other movies. things that were like, do you want to see this? Nope. Lost Boys. Like and I, pretty overwhelmingly chose. A, had never heard of it before. <laughs> and B, thought nobody's going to come to this. Why are we booking this? And then that night, so many people are showing up. And like friends that I've known for years, they're showing up like dressed in costume. And I'm like, what are you doing? And they're like, this is my favorite movie. I'm like, what are you? We've yeah. never <laughs> talked about this movie before, but that's the cult classic of it. Like yeah. people, if they saw it at a certain point, it just connected with them and now it's deep in their DNA. Yeah. And then I would say like last on my list would probably be Monty Python and the Holy Grail. 
And I don't know if that's just because every 13-year-old boy has to see that movie yeah, and they joke do. about it the rest of their life. And, um, and you spend a good three years of your life, like that's all you speak is Monty Python yep, quotes. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's the funniest movie ever. But yeah. I yeah. recall when we, we had it, because Brian had booked it, and we had pretty good success with it. And then like, what, Brian, three months later... They came back to him. Uh, it was maybe more like six months, but yeah. They came back to him and said, Hey, will you please screen this again? We have a special 4K release or whatever the yeah, situation whatever. was, yeah. right? An anniversary. And Brian goes, No one's going to come. They just came like five months ago to watch this movie. And we all, like, we did better the second yeah. time. <laughs> and so it was one of those, like, I don't know if everyone told their friends, like, come watch yeah. this at the Babcock, but it's one of those to me lives on this list of like, Yeah, sure. Why yeah. not? Yep. And we will do it again pretty soon. I don't know when. I don't have it booked or anything, but it it, it deserves to be shown it's, fairly regularly. Yeah, it's. Uh, I I agree with what you said. Every thirteen year old boy needs to see it, and like it just changes your life and changes the next few years of your life, yep. as you said, Brian. That's a good one. I like it. So uh, I'll go into my list. Um, I think so. This was for me, as I was telling you guys before we hit record. It was how do I find those films that I've heard about since you know since being a part of Art House, let's say, and I've gone back and watched them, knowing that they're a cult classic versus experiencing them kind of in in the wild, if you will, yeah. growing up with them or having that experience, and then you know they become that cult classic. So for me, I think the first one that I have to put on the list would be uh, Tron, the original, uh, because I remember watching that a lot and thinking it was incredible and amazing the visual effects the story as a growing up in a family that my dad like his hobby was computers and building computers and like so this was kind of a world that not that I grasped everything as a kid but I definitely felt like I was like in on something I just thought it was the most brilliant coolest looking you know badass movie that had ever been made and then come to find out as a as an adult like oh it actually didn't do that well yeah. when it came out like they put all this money into the technology to make it happen and then it didn't do very well was stoked about the second one tron legacy i loved it we were talking about it i think it's really really cool on a lot of levels and kind of same story didn't do very well but it's kind of got a, a cult following mm -hmm. to that one as well um so tron would be my first one the second one that i, I actually never saw i i didn't see tron until like as the lead up to Tron Legacy, I watched them like kind of close to each other. What did you think about it as an adult? Um, it, I, I enjoyed Legacy more probably, um, but I, I, I feel like had I grown up with it, I would have been in the same camp as you. Um, because I came to it late, it was more of a, this is a fun relic to look back yeah. at, but it's it, it didn't really hit me in any feels or anything. Yeah, okay. I, yeah, I don't know that it ever hit me in any feels as a kid either. Okay. Other than the cool Frisbee fights. Yeah. Uh, those were always awesome <laughs> to watch those. Uh, and then my second film that I would have to say would be, which again, same, really, really similar story would be The Princess Bride. Like I didn't realize that that film wasn't yeah. super successful, but obviously we live in the day and age where some hail it as one of the you know best movies ever made, fantasy films ever made. And I just... I, it's yeah. yeah as a kid i loved it I, same thing i love just like frisbee fights i like the sword fighting when i was a kid i was all into that and and then you grow up enjoying the humor and you know all of that stuff so that was definitely one that i i didn't realize everyone didn't know in my school that like i my grandma had recorded it off of hbo for us and 
and I thought it was great. And I was trying to tell my friends and they're like, they're like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, how do you not know this movie? And then when I say like, no, let's watch Princess Bride, all especially boys are like, I'm not watching yeah. Princess Bride. That sounds dumb. This is one of those kissing books. <laughs> yeah. Yep, that's exactly it. Yeah, I had that one on my honorable mentions because I, I agree with the same thing. But I feel like it's kind of turned the corner as far as like the popularity it's gained in the sense yeah. of like it's become out of cult. I don't know if that's yep. a thing. Yeah. But, um, the other one I had that's kind of in that same boat is Hocus Pocus. Yeah, that's a trash movie. I don't know I why know, you're talking know, about it. But it's I feel like, like it's the same. Like people remember it so fondly. And obviously now there's a second movie that's out. My wife is one of them. The corner. She loves it. And I'm, I don't get it. I saw it. I just didn't really have strong feelings about it. Yeah. I just was like, eh. I had strong a movie feelings I've about seen. how not good it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The other two that I had down on that kind of like honorable mention is The Room. Yep. Um, just because of what it's able to do mm-hmm. to a group of people in the theater together. And then The Thing, because Brian and I were talking about, like it came out the same week as E.T. and kind of yep. fell to the yep. wayside. And now yep. it's one that's like, no, that's that's a good creature movie. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's, yeah. That was one that I came to late as well because um, no one in my school was really talking about it. No one told me how good it was. And I don't, I don't know, at, at a certain point, Knowing that it was a remake of another movie, I was like, well, it can't be good because it's a remake. And then (laughs) once I finally saw it, I was like, this is incredible. (laughs) What's number three on your list, Matt? Thanks for asking, Jake. Uh, So I've been going back and forth on a couple, uh, but I think the one I'm going to pick is probably Idiocracy. Okay, Uh, yeah. Because I I remember reading an article. I was, hang on, guys. I was a subscriber. To Entertainment Weekly for Whoa. a few years. Yeah, it's kind of a big deal in the in, entertainment in pa- paper form. Yeah, paper form. It happened. Uh, but anyways, I remember reading about this film from the creator of Office Space, which at the time I really liked Office Space. It was one of those DVDs. Which was also a cult a classic, cult classic in yep. itself. <laughs> but I remember reading about it, being really excited about it. And then, because uh, Luke Wilson, right? He's the yep. one that, yeah. Yep. So Luke Wilson, I liked him from um, uh, Wes Anderson stuff. Like yep. uh, there was this like, oh, this is going to be amazing. And then it never came to Billings. And I was so bummed. And it finally came out on DVD. And I remember renting it at Hastings, RIP, mm-hmm. um, and, and was so excited to actually watch it. So I wanted to pick it one because it's kind of a little bit of that story of why Art House exists. Like these films aren't coming to Billings. What's going on? This is frustrating. But two, because I, I watched it like the week or two it came after it came out, I was so excited about it. And I thought it was amazing. I thought yeah. it was hilarious. And it's fascinating the way that film has... Like the way we view and talk about that film has changed, that it talked about the degradation of humanity taking place over 500 years. And like, it feels like we've just jumped, like we were in that time machine because we've jumped so quickly to some of the things that he's, you know, satirizing and pointing at and making fun of in that film. So uh, if you haven't seen Idiocracy, man, it's a, it's a trip and it's enjoyable. Yeah. I I was kind of a second wave on that where like another friend had to tell me like, like, cause I, I think I remember hearing about it and was like, I don't know about that one. And then people were like, no, it's really good. You really do have to yeah. watch it. So then I watched it on DVD and was it was, like, it was quirky this enough. It is really good. <laughs> like office space fit into like the real world enough. Yeah. That, like a lot of people connect with this one obviously goes down a different path mm-hmm. with its satire. And it's so I, I was on board with it. I loved it, but like, 
Kate, my wife, has the, wants nothing to do with it. She's the fine. intro to it is what like immediately I was like, I'm on board with yeah. this because of like the whole like history of like, oh, all these intellectuals waited and didn't have kids and oh, stuff. And it was just like, oh, this is so true. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. I just always want to quote, oh, you like sex and money? I like sex and money. I just think it's and then they're best friends because of it. It's yeah. great. It's a great line. Brian, tell us your list. Okay. Please. Um I did not spend a whole lot of time on this. I kind of, because I, the longer I go down the rabbit hole, I could spend hours on this. Is this, this how so you started was, your book reports in high school too? Yep. <laughs> I did not spend a lot of time Webster's on this. Webster's Dictionary <laughs> defines. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I just kind of went with my gut on a lot of these. Just um, So first one um, on the list is going to be The Big Lebowski. Yep. Cause it was on my list too. Yeah. Yep. It's... One of the greats, and it's frustrating because I did enjoy it pretty early on and was so frustrated of like, how come this didn't catch on with people? Yeah. And and then when it did finally catch on, it's like, guys, I've always said this yeah. sort of thing. So, yeah. uh, so I think yeah. it, it's like peak rewatchable too yeah, in a lot sure. of ways. Like Probably more than any other Cohen film even. I'd agree like, with that. The characters, the story, there's so much happening that you can just sit in that world and enjoy. I remember the first time I watched it being so frustrated that things weren't going, like mm-hmm. just idiots doing idiotic things. And I was like, why is nobody smart in this? Yeah. You know. But then eventually it's like, no, you just... Once you are in that state of like, I just want to hang out with the dude, and although it it's great, so yeah. I think that's part of the cult classic of that for me personally is like I can watch that anytime and enjoy it. Absolutely, yeah. So if you haven't seen Big Lebowski, what are you doing? Uh, second on the list is uh, probably a little more personal to me, but um, Eraserhead. It's it really is up there. In not only was that my nope. I was going to say that was my introduction to Lynch, but I definitely saw Blue Velvet first. But uh, definitely for the rest of the world, it was an introduction to Lynch. And it is really just, it really sets a tone for what to expect from him. And it's probably as weird as it's as it is and sounds, it's also probably his easiest to comprehend in a way too i would say sure the story is simple enough yeah I mean, there's still a lot of what the hell yeah. am i watching but and then yeah. there's just so much into the production of like you know him basically like you know would go years in between uh shooting just to be like well once i have you know scraped up enough money to do the next scene then we'll shoot that and that and so at uh, afi like he spent years on this and you know there's times when you know the character will enter a room and him in the hallway to him entering the room has a year gap in between yeah. <laughs> and stuff yeah. and it's so it's incredible from that also even just the um just the um special effects of it like that baby is horrifying to look at but it's also like the most like there are certain people that still are like i don't know how you did this to look like that because it is an incredibly looking piece and he's the of, perfect person to do it because he's not talking about yeah it. exactly yeah. he does not talk yeah. about his films is so. it a dead rabbit yeah. they actually use yeah yeah what it, there is a cut there? scene there is a cut scene um i remember the first dvd i owned of it um, they used it as like the menu of him like poking at this dead cat. It's not in the final film, but it's just huh. this scene of 
a dead cat and that was like yeah that was a dead cat we got from a that they had just put down and we used it as a prompt and it's like i shouldn't know this stuff no the stuff you know brian it's always helpful so uh then last number three last on the list um is one that i kind of struggle to put on but i'm like when i like in my heart i'm like yeah i love this film um but i have not seen it in decades is this is spinal tap yep it was on my list it's a great uh mockumentary kind of like probably the biggest mockumentary for a while and uh it it kind of fell to the wayside after you know kind of in the 2000s we kind of got overloaded with mockumentaries whether it being the office or parks and rec and things like you know paranormal activity or other like the form just kind of got real tired to me of the mockumentary but it is still a great thing. And really all of Christopher Guest, I know this is Rob Reiner that actually made This Is Spinal Tap, but Christopher Guest, who's in it, later went on to make several others like Waiting for Guffman, Best in Show, A Mighty Win. All of those are really great films. Um, Waiting for Guffman, I could have easily put in place of this as well. But yeah. Um, yeah. Spinal Tap is like peak when you know, or when you've seen it, you know, yeah, kind of thing. Exactly. Like there's so many. I mean, Monty Python and the Holy Grail is definitely, yeah. you know, in that same camp. But it's just such a unique, like, 13 to 16-year-old pubescent boy range. Yeah. Where this is Spinal Tap. Once you see it for the rest of your life, these things are now going to be a part of yeah. your vernacular. And other people will know that you've seen it when you say things like, but this one goes to 11. Yeah. And stuff like that. That you just, when you know, you know. It's a good one. It's yeah. a great one. So, so, well, then we've got the biggest cult classic of all time, Rocky Horror Picture Show, coming up. It yep. does not fit because uh, for me because I just watched it for the first time a couple years ago. Yeah, and sim- similar experience. What is this? Why is yeah. this a thing? But then when you experience it live, people, which yeah, I think all of us real. would agree, when you experience live, there's something yep. that comes alive, and you're like, oh. Yep, I see why I, this is I, a thing. I always tell people that if they have not seen it, to just wait yep. and do it live because it is a completely... Like, if you watch... I, I can't imagine just sitting at home and putting it on and just being like, okay, it's fine. I mean, maybe now because I know the experience, but to see for that to be my first experience would have just been like a... This is what everyone's all... That was what mine was. Well, okay. And, and for me, it was because Kate had grown up watching it with her mom almost okay. every Halloween. So one of the first uh, years we were married was Halloween. She's like, we got to watch Rocky Horror Picture Show. And I didn't want to watch it. So she was alone in the basement singing and dancing, watching Rocky Horror Picture Show by herself, which should have cued me into some things, yeah. but that's fine. It's turning up. And like, you watched both Rocky Horror and The Room by in like the in worst yeah, no, it's, like, yeah. No, I should totally be in charge of the movie theater. This is great. <laughs> well, gentlemen, anything else you want to share with anybody? No? Okay. No. Well, come out, have fun, Rocky Horror. Lots Dress of good up. stuff. Dress so, up. Uh, make sure to get your tickets for Rocky Horror early. It'll help out uh, you and us as there's going to be hundreds of people there yeah. that will get you through the doors quicker. You can get those concessions. My goal is to make this our record year of Rocky Horror, which has to beat 550 people. We can do it. We're going to do it. I think we're on track. So, all right. Other than that, I hope you're doing well. Hope to see you at the film really soon. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.